Welcome to Juice Guru Radio. Discover what the magic and power of juicing can do for you. And now, your host, best-selling author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Juice Fasting, Steve Prusak. Hello and welcome. Welcome to Juice Guru Radio. I'm your host, Steve Prusak. And on today's show, we've got Lanny Mulerath. Lanny is the author of the recently released Amazon bestseller, The Plant-Based Journey, a step-by-step guide to transition to a healthy lifestyle and achieving your ideal weight and previously released Fit Quickies, five-minute targeted body shaping workouts. We're going to hear all about her on today's episode of Juice Crew Radio, so stay tuned, relax, grab some tea, a juice, some water, and we'll be back with Lanny right after this. Hi, this is Jay Cordish, the father of juicing. Juicing helped me get rid of cancer in my early 20s, and here I am in my 90s feeling fantastic. I want to invite you to join me in our School of Juicing. This online program features award-winning videos, audiobooks, and CDs to inspire and educate you on how juicing can change your life, too. Check out our site at schoolofjuicing.com. Start living healthy and increase your energy today. Visit schoolofjuicing.com to find out more. That's schoolofjuicing.com. Hello and welcome back to Juice Crew Radio. I'm your host, Steve, and we've got Lanny Mulerath. Lanny, uh, we've talked about your background and uh, that you're the author of the best-selling book, The Plant-Based Journey. We want to hear all about it. Welcome to Juice Crew Radio. Thank you, Steve. I'm just thrilled to be here. Always fun to talk to you. How are you doing? You've been making the rounds. You know, it is a busy time, and you're an author yourself. You know that as much as a labor of love, writing the book is that that's just the beginning because you want mm. to get your jewel into as many hands as heart and hearts as possible. And I'm so thrilled with the reception that the plant-based journey has been getting. Right. You know, we talk on the show a lot about juicing, smoothies, things like that, but we also want to talk about what are the healthiest foods we should be eating. And as so we transition towards a more plant-based diet being the, the most, uh, notable recognition that medical doctors and everyone out there is really talking about these days. So let's talk yeah. about you and your background, how you got into this lifestyle. Sure. Well, we we got to roll back a few years on that one. I actually walked into vegetarianism or eating a vegetarian diet something like 42 years ago. Is that po- It must have been before birth, right? <laughs> one of those prearranged situations. Right. But I was, at that time, I, in high school and in college, I was pr- studying yoga and practicing yoga. And a natural extension of that was vegetarianism because of the, the, the concept of ahimsa or nonviolence and also because of the health properties. So I started in on a vegetarian diet back then and actually abandoned all animal products except for dairy products, interestingly. And that one came along a few decades later. But through the years, it's been a progression, Steve, of finding the best match for someone like me who is predisposed to easily gain and have a hard time losing weight. I know a lot of people can relate to that. I wanted to find a way to eat that would allow me to really satisfy my hunger, eat delicious food, cause as least harm as possible, and make me healthy and not be hungry at the same time. So it was a decades-long quest to find that, and you can find it, as you know, in Whole Foods Plant-Based Living. So, right, did you have weight problems early on? 
I did. I, you know, I, I remember back being, well, as a teenager, who knows, I look at myself as, with pictures back then, and I just look like a normal girl, right? But mm. it, very soon on into my teen years and in college, I really struggled with weight, and just my weight kept climbing and then went up and down, no matter what I tried. Even as a vegetarian, as you know, that does not guarantee, even though I hoped it would, a <laughs> slim physique. So, yeah, I struggled with it quite a bit, and I actually lost 50 pounds now, probably maybe about 17 years ago, and have sustained it this time because of these shifts. Right. So let's hear about the shifts you made to really help to sustain the weight loss, because lots of people fall victim, even in the juicing world, to the yo-yo dieting patterns with going on a juice fast and then going back and eating whatever they want and then gaining <laughs> weight. And, and, and we know that's not the healthy way to live. So what have you discovered in, yeah. in your travels? I discovered that it was really essential to eat enough of the robust whole foods that give you hunger satisfaction and sustenance. And these are the comfort foods we know. It's like the starchy vegetables, the squashes, potatoes, whole grains, all of those things, along with the vegetables and the fruits and the nuts and seeds. And even as educated and as mindful as I was about carbohydrates are not the bad guy. We all have this undercurrent from the culture, don't we, of some kind of, some level of carbophobia. And it took a while for really for me to understand to be able to succeed at sustained weight loss without hunger, you really need to eat freely from a variety of whole plant foods. And for those of us who really need to pay attention to higher quality, that watching processed foods, even in the form of the sacred vegetable oil that we all thought was a health food for us, that made a big difference in my weight management when I started seeing how easily that was adding to my weight problem. And getting rid of the dairy products made a big difference too because we have a high-fat, high-calorie, non-fiber food that also causes a whole proliferation of other problems. Right. Doesn't Dr. John McDougall talk a lot about that, about including starch in the diet? Is that where you first heard it or what, what brought I that about? I would say that he, Dr. McDougall has been very influential in me in really getting that. And if you look across the spectrum of most of the, the whole food plant-based advocates and doctors these days, they're right on board with these are our health foods. And he just, I had an opportunity to work with him in his, with his medical center as fitness advisor for a while on his discussion boards. And he was very helpful to me and has always been very supportive of my work and helped me kind of get on board with really getting that through my head. So that was a long answer to that question. No, I, I, it leads into the next. <laughs> what was the epiphany that, that led you to want to write this book and get this information out oh. there? Uh, you know, Steve, I started probably about seven or eight years ago, and I was teaching a program called the Women's Fitness Blueprint. It was an online program that I developed that focused on the three pillars of health, as I saw them, as essential for having a successful transition to easy weight management and a healthy, happy relationship with food, eating, and your body, which I think are very important too. It included the food, which is whole foods plant-based. It included the fitness, which is getting enough activity to stimulate your brain, if nothing else, and also frame of mind or some kind of mindfulness practice. So I was doing this in a group coaching program and just refining this and found it so essential 
that for people to be successful, the people that I would coach and train, all three of these legs needed to be strong. And from there, this book has then emerged. It probably took like two and a half years to actually write it, but it had its birth long ago in my own success and in the success of my clients. So, yeah, if you can go deeper into those pillars and what we can do, because a lot of us are inactive or working all day, maybe not getting to the gym as often. What do you find to be um, a, a sweet spot as far as how much people should be working out? What are some of the best uh, exercises? And then we can go deeper into food. Okay. And t- in terms of the fitness and in the plant-based journey, I also have, as you know, a section for the key supporting players to the fundamentals of plant-based nutrition, and that is the fitness and the frame of mind. And in the fitness section, I go into this in great depth that we need to get, just like with diet, when we think of, I have to have this perfect um, food plan and and gourmet foods to be successful and then it's it's too tall in order and we fail. Many people, when they think I need to be more active or fit, they have a big plan of how they have to have everything in place perfectly and then set themselves up for failure. So for each of these, just as for the food, for the fitness, I suggest working in making micro changes that make you able to move forward step-by-step toward your long-term goal with success. So what you can start with, as an example, is if you are a very sedentary person and you see that becoming an active person is too gray an area, how do I do that, when do I fit it in, like you just said, is simply to to sit less. So it can begin by actually standing more during your day. It can begin by putting in short five to ten minute periods of activity during the day, either something you can do in a small space or going out on a walk, something that you then start to build upon. And I have that really built down in a framework um, with something I call a metabolic profile in a plant-based journey. So people can get a sense of success starting today with simply sitting less and adding a little bit more movement. I love that because I recently got a standing desk. So like this is the first interview I've done standing It's and it's amazing. I'm just so yeah, used I'm to sitting too. there. Don't you feel more energized? And, and it's like you're presenting. It's like you're, I'm here. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And, and I find um, I'm standing throughout the day and then I'm, I'm sitting way less than I was before. Oh, that's great. That's, that's a huge step, really. And you, as you know, that even those of us who may be getting a workout in like our hour, hour and a half a day, if we're sitting big chunks of time the rest of the day that those disease biomarkers accelerate as much for us as they do from someone who doesn't even get their workouts in. So even though it's not fair, it's true. So just sitting less or here's an example, another way to break it up. If you don't have a standing station, I suggest people set a timer at their computer or their their phone for every 45 minutes to an hour. It goes off and it triggers you to stand up, do something for just three to five minutes, take a phone call standing. There's little ways you can pepper that in so you don't have to um, invest in a whole new desk. You can start today with what you've got. And what do you think are some of the best exercises we could do to get the cardiovascular system? And do you recommend weight training? And what about yoga? Oh, all of them are good. As you know, I've got the Fit Quickies book was the first book that I came up with. Mm -hmm. And that has three to five minute targeted body shaping exercises in it. They're very portable. And that's an example of resistance training. And it's nice to know that there are simple things that can be done in place. So any kind of calisthenic, any kind of push-up, 
um, lunges, squats, those kinds of things are great things to slip in in that 45 minutes or an hour, you know, timer that you've got going off. You need resistance training. You definitely need cardiorespiratory training for your heart and your lungs, and that's best achieved by rhythmic, sustained movement of the large muscle groups of your body, which can be achieved through, of course, swimming and running and biking, but also the walk. The walk. Everyone can do the walk, even in the winter weather. Oh, and flexibility. That's a big part of it. And as I said earlier, yoga is where I got my start. So I'm a big believer. Um, any kind of fitness, all you need to do is be sure that you're using correct alignment and form and paying attention to your own ortho- orthopedic needs and limitations and growing within those in a, an effective way. You're listening to Lanny Mulrath on Juice Guru Radio, author of the best-selling book, The Plant-Based Journey, a step-by-step guide to transition to a healthy lifestyle and achieving your ideal weight. You can find out more about her at LannyMulrath.com or ThePlantBasedJourney.com. Uh, we'll have some links to that up in today's show, so check that out as well. Um, Lanny, so as far as transitioning to a plant-based diet, what do you recommend? Is it an overnight thing or gradual? How do you recommend to your clients? For the plant-based journey, I surveyed over 1,200 people to ask them, 1,200 people who had successfully transitioned, to find out from them, what do you think is the best form of transition? What did you use? And what do you recommend others use, either overnight or over time? And the results were pretty interesting. I actually got an even split that half the people said oh, overnight and half the people said over time and incremental changes. But the real juicy material, Mr. Juice Guru, <laughs> was reading between the lines where I had asked people, even though they would pick one of those like as a multiple choice, I gave room for people to elaborate. And that's where I got such good information, which I have also included in the manuscript of the plant-based journey. But as it turned out, of those people who said overnight at least half of those people qualified their answer by saying, well, I, I did it overnight. I say you should do it overnight, but I kind of find it hard to do such and such for a while. So for a while I did this, and then I added that. So it was actually a series of overnights, but in their mind they had either taken the change overnight or recommended it, but in reality what they had done is chunked the changes to, for success. So it really depends on the person. But here's one thing I do know. As you know, that plant-based journey is set up with those five universal steps that people go through in transition to sustainable, say the word again, sustainable plant-based living. And this is true if whether you go overnight or over time. These five steps are a universal. Mm. So maybe we can share a couple of those steps. Uh, I know they're in the book. Oh, easy. I'm happy to overview them because there's, that's the meat of the book is really right. all the details of how to do those different steps. So mm-hmm. I'm happy to, do you want me to dive into that? That would be great. Okay, great. Well, the first step is I've called awakening. Something you read, something you heard, someone you talked to has awakened in you the desire to perhaps look at your plate and change it in this most fundamental way. And without really getting awakened to the idea, you wouldn't even start down the path, right? Right. I mean, if you didn't have that initial awareness. 
yeah, you've got to have the idea. And some people come to this change for health reasons. Some people come to it for environmental reasons. Some people come to it for the lot of animals. For me, it was all three. But whichever avenue you come in, there has to be something awakening the change. So I begin talking about that a little bit a bit to underscore it. Once you've made the decision that you want to make this change, then you go to step two, which is, this. it's funny, I just stepped sideways. See, on my standing workstation here, <laughs> I just stepped to step two. That's called scout. And the scout, what does the scout do? They investigate. They put on their, you know, their hat and their jacket, and you go out looking for what are the th- tools that you need. So what is on a plant-based plate? What are you trying to get off a plate if you want it to be plant-based? How do you set up your kitchen? What's on your shopping list? All of the basics that you have to move forward with to be able to change what you eat. You really can't change that, skip over this step and expect success, although some people do try to, uh, you know, not look at the details and then wonder why they get lost. Once you've got all that in place, you go to step three, which is the rookie stage, and this is where you take your turn at bat, where you try, that's the fun part, now you get to eat. (laughs) So you'll learn how to prepare foods very simply and easily without having a tall order of fancy recipes. Not that that's a bad thing, but it's a too high of an expectation out of the gate for every day. And this is where I have it put in the recipe templates, which have been the runaway hit of this book that really caught me by surprise because it's basically the way the way I cook very simply I'm a totally lazy cook I'm not a gourmet cook but I love to eat good food (laughs) that's really important to me so I put in some of my templates I put in some easy meal planners and a big difference with a plant-based journey and other transition guides out there is that this is the first book of its kind put together by a teacher I taught sixth grade for 20 years and college for longer than that, but I'm experienced and trained in taking what could be a complex challenge or problem and breaking it down into doable bits and connecting it with something you already know. This is a huge difference between what you might, and you might have heard this out there in the plant-based world too, where you'll hear, well, you have to forget just about everything you knew about meal planning, or you have to forget everything you know about nutrition. Or, And even though it may be different, as a teacher, I put my foot down at that because we don't unlearn anything. The way we learn new things is by making connections with something we already know. So another part of this rookie chapter is I take foods that you already know and love and suggest ways to plantify them so that you plantify your plate. That can be taking plant-based foods you already know and love or ones that may have a meaty base to them and figuring out and showing you how to replace bits with. Then, after the rookie stage, uh, you move to the rock star stage. So once you've gotten good at cooking and preparing your food at home or being prepared with simple eats, then you have to take it to the bigger stage. What about the workplace? What about travel? What about family events? What about social events? How do you navigate all of that? As you know, that's another layer of skill. And the fifth stage is the champion stage. And that may sound like the most, the tallest order and the most complex, but actually that is the shortest chapter in the book because as the champion, all you do is keep practicing the steps that you have learned earlier, earlier along the way. I, I like the word practice rather than habits because 
it's more proactive. And the things that we practice every day are what's going to give us the results that we get. You know, what do you say to the person sitting at home that says, you know, I'm, I'm, I drink juice and I'm eating healthy. I eat free range or organic meat. Why do I really need to do this? Isn't me. And there are even nutritionists out there that are recommending that would say, stay away from a plant-based diet. What do you say to those people? Cause I know because I deal with that. So I'd like to hear how you deal with that. I point to the evidence and the medical direction that we have here. We have over 20, 30 years of sustained, repeated support of the healthy benefits of a plant-based diet. But you know what the big thing is that's great to refer to, and you probably do this too, Steve, is I, and I bring this into my my talks, and I also underscore it in the plant-based journey. What about the Kaiser Health Directive? Two years ago, they came out with a message to their physicians and their healthcare providers to direct them to move their clients and patients in the direction of a plant-based diet. Now, think about it. Kaiser is an HMO, so they're interested in people staying healthy, right? <laughs> so this is why they have the evidence throughout their document that supports this as being an important lifestyle change for sustained health. So that I like to point to as it's Kaiser is a big medical facility. We all know about it, and they're supportive of a plant-based diet. The other thing is Dr. Dean Ornish's program out of the University of San Francisco Medical Center, where his heart disease recovery and protection from program which is based on a whole foods plant-based diet, is approved for Medicare. So there we have another you know, big government organization that has given the go-ahead on this as being an important step. Oh, yeah. Those are two excellent, excellent uh, studies to refer to, if not the China study as well. Um, and, you know, I probably should rewind the tape and back it up because we should, aside from the sustaining our ideal weight, what are some of the benefits of uh, following a plant-based diet, what have you found, and what do your what do your clients find that that it, that makes it all worth it? And are you talking in the health realm or any realm? Just in, at in all? any realm, <laughs> yeah. I guess well, health is a no. big one. I mean, a lot of people are on medication and overweight, yeah. and and over over people, obesity is an epidemic. Yeah, and even some people who do not struggle from a weight problem will find benefits because we know of the problems associated with um, high-fat diet. Even if you don't have a weight problem, there's a lot of high-fat and and saturated fat that comes via animal products, and this can lead to the diabetes that that we see, the type 2 diabetes that we see in thin people. We usually associate that with someone who's obese and overweight. And we now know more and more that the that animal products contribute to this problem. But also in thin people, it creates the same kind of problem because of the the insulin factor and the uptake that's involved. So many people find that by switching to this, even if they don't have a weight problem, their circulatory and blood sugar problems resolve themselves. And also, there is the whole issue with uh, cardiovascular disease, which happens not just in overweight people. And we know, we've seen from Dr. Esselstyn's work about the clearing of the cardio, the the arteries to the heart when you move off of animal products and, and saturated fats to a whole food plant-based diet, there's a big impact on the circulatory system, even if you don't have a weight problem. 
And in looking into, into other realms, there's also athletes are finding, and we know there are so many now whole food plant-based athletes or vegan athletes out there who are switching to this for the reason that they are getting better recovery times because of the anti-inflammatory effect of whole plant foods. So it's a, been a real plus for athletes turning to this. There's also that sense for those people who are looking at the broader realm of what's happening with the environment and the lot of animals in association with what's on our plate, having that sense of um, peace and what is the word I should say, that you lose this cognitive dissonance that's there when you're eating something that is a detriment to the planet or to another species. When that's removed, there's a different level. Are you Have you experienced that too, I'm certain? A more conscious connection with, yeah, like a... Yeah, um, and that's of huge value to uh, us as individuals. So I, I really like to underscore that. So those are just some of the benefits. Right, I think there's like an underlying guilt that we don't even realize we have. The website is LonnieMulrath.com, theplantbasedjourney.com. We have the links up at Juice Guru Radio. Lanny, before we uh, wind down here, any uh, additional programs or resources you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I'll tell you what. You just linked people to the website, and I do have on that, uh, on my website, there is a preview of the plant-based journey that people can download for free. It's like almost 40 pages, and it gives Dr. Colin Campbell's preface, which is extraordinary. I mean, this is author's died and gone to heaven stuff to have Dr. Campbell write a preface for your book, and it has Dr. Neil Barnard's forward on it, and also part of my awakening chapter and introduction. So that people can, if they want to get a deeper look at the content, I have that there. I also have been doing um, the the, uh, producer at CBS TV right in uh, Sacramento, which is right down the road from me, got a hold of a copy of Plant-Based Journey and just loves it and has had me come in and do, started to do some segments about whole food plant-based living. And the first two have been, I've got them up on my website, and those are really good resources for some quick information. The first one was on five fast ways to plantify your foods, which we talked about earlier in our call. And then I most more recently did one on whole food holiday eats. So you can take the flavors that you love from the holidays and make them whole plant foods based instead. And I'm going on again right after Thanksgiving to do one about um, whole food holiday hors d'oeuvres. So there, this is really good resource that will be housed on my site. People can see those videos there. Awesome. And we've got the link up at juicegrewradio.com. Lanny, thanks so much for being here on Juice Guru Radio and just so inspirational to see all the work you're doing to get the message out and, and inspire so many people. Thank you for your great work. Well, thank you for the opportunity. As you know, I never get tired of talking about this, and it's it's such mm-hmm. a passion and such a pleasure to get this message into more hearts and hands and to get the plant-based journey on a further journey. So thank you. Thank you. Lanny Mulroth, this is Steve Prusak and Juice Guru Radio, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Juice Guru Radio. Find out more about us at juicegururadio.com. Until next time, get your juice on.